Welcome to the Revive Energy Podcast, healing our community, tribute to National Wellness Month. I always say people say it better than me. Margaret Wheatley says, there is no power for change greater than a community discovering what it cares about. Today we have a new guest. Is Ian Hill, right? Hold on. Are you, you there? There you, you yeah, there you go. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Really just appreciate any guests just willing to continue the discussion, share a little bit. Just, you know, the dialogue is just, for me, the passion is that it continues. That's all. So That's thank right. you so much. Well, I, I appreciate you for inviting me. And I just, <laughs> as I was saying earlier before when we were talking, I just can't thank you enough for what you're doing and your time and your energy and your effort to provide real meaningful information and great guests. I mean, we'll find out if I'm any good, <laughs> but um, you know, meaningful information and some real tangible tools for people in, yeah, this, I, in this challenging time. So thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that. It really means a lot because when, you know, when I was struggling, I just remember one thing that was the hardest was not being heard. So my ministry is about people being heard in the safe place. Uh, one of my friends kind of funny enough, Mr. Rogers, remember Mr. Rogers back in the day, sure. he had that like, safe space. I know it was for children, but at the same time, he covered a lot of notable things that um, weren't really talked about. So yeah. I do have a little inspiration from him, but also just connecting with our communities. Thank you so sure. much. Uh, yeah. Disclaimer, if if you are in crisis, please seek appropriate professional help. Of course, one 800 8255 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. But in July, I believe they're going to start the 988, um, July 16th. Um, hope, um, and we'll see how that goes. But at the same time, whatever resources out there, wherever part of the world you're at, um, I do encourage you to find out because resources and what works for each person is different. <laughs> you know, it is different. You know, people are complicated and um, sometimes the answers might be complicated but the reasons we do it is not so much it's for the people yeah so i'm gonna ask you um well uh there's this quote from brandon marshall but i'm i couldn't it's so large so um let me just uh he says when i first heard the term mental health the first thing that came to mind was mental toughness masking pain hiding it um, let me get this last part. Um, it's just, it didn't fit all there because like there's only a set amount of characters. But he says in finishing, he says, keep it inside. That had to be embedded in me since I was a kid. Never show weakness, suck it up, play through it, live through it. Now I realize that mental health means the total opposite. This is Brandon Marshall who quoted this. I was just thinking about athletes. I know you're tied into athletics, and I, um, it's just amazing how how exceptional athletes can be at like their physical, like how they can. You know, a lot of times I did track, and I realized how much I sucked at track when I went to like certain levels. But at the same time, you also it is humbling. But we kind of denote the physical aspect to everything, so. And when you hear this quote from Brandon Marshall, um, what, what comes to mind for, for you? You know, I think that for me, our mental health mm-hmm. drives our physical, emotional, and our temporal well-being. Mm-hmm. If we're not mentally healthy, 
then it's difficult to have those other things in order. And so it took me a long time to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. It took some ups and downs in life. And it took a dark journey for me, me to realize that my mental wellness, mm-hmm. my mental capacity, resiliency, and my mental strength had to be a priority. And so I needed to put time and energy into it, uh, just like I might into my physical body. And so, uh, unfortunately, I guess fortunately, (laughs) but in some ways, unfortunately, it took a bout of depression. It Mm. took wanting to take my own life. It took Mm. wanting not to be on the planet anymore for me to to come to that conclusion. Yeah. um, I, for me, I like that you said a lot of times we, we may be, you know, it's not not to minimize the physical aspect. They're all tied together, but the mental side is so important. The mental health side. Um, asking yourself, why do you do what you do? Sometimes you may be in a, a physical, a, how you say, you're, you're in a role. You're going to the gym every day. You're feeling good. You're with, the, you know, but then it rains. You get an injury. Something happens. Mm-hmm. What that? Um, I remember this uh, reading this one book. Um, it, the uh, the therapist, the counselor was mentioning um, real estate. There's this guy who used to sell real estate all the time. He was making so much money. He felt very successful. Then the housing bubble, and then nothing. And then he felt like his his value was all that, nothing else. And so I, I could imagine it'd be similar. We're talking about healing communities, and obviously, as he, those listening can tell, we're talking about athletes in some ways, competitive sports, and the community that resides in that. A lot of times, they, they, they just seem, well, they're strong, they're huge, they're doing well. Not so much, we're human. So I want to ask for you, uh, what what has your experience you know, I, been? I, I think that you make an excellent point when you speak to identity, right? Is our identity our job? Well, what happens when we lose our job? Is our identity, our, um, our, our bank account? Well, what happens yeah. when the economy goes south? Yeah. So when we put our identity or our value into our vocation, mm-hmm. or we put our value into our performance, and then we set ourselves up for a really challenging dynamic or potentially challenging dynamic. But when we come to the conclusion that we are inherently valuable 70 billion people have lived on this planet there's nobody like you and there's nobody like me Mm. and if there was 70 billion of some kind of watch Mm. and it was one that was rare and unique handcrafted and handmade that watch would be priceless yeah the same is true for you and i Mm -hmm. we're priceless no computer in the world can touch our brain enough energy within us to light a small city Mm-hmm. So when we begin to derive our sense of worth and identity from our inherent value as human beings, mm-hmm. then in my opinion, we can withstand the ups and downs of success and failure. So an athlete, mm-hmm. they attach their identity to their sport. They attach mm-hmm. their identity to their winning. They attach their identity to their successful performance. And so does everybody around them. Everybody yeah. around them celebrates them for their their excellence on the field or on the court or on the track or whatever it might be. And we set them up for a real challenge when they're no longer athletes because their value is diminished. In my specific instance, you know, it was about being a middle-aged man and all all of a sudden looking around and realizing, hey, all the things that I thought made me worth something, Mm 
Maybe those are hollow. And my identity was stripped from me. And it was a dark, dark journey. So yeah. I think I think when we talk about mental health, we must talk about our value. Yes. We are inherently value. If anyone's listening and watching and thinks they have no value, that's just mm -hmm. a lie. It's not the truth. You have unbelievable value. You're priceless. Your value is not linked to your performance. I, so also, about yeah. value. I also think about like, I love, you know, you know, competitive sports is, is, is wonderful in the way that we, we go, we go where we think we, and we're like, Oh, this is so hard. You know, those moments when you're working with your working out at the gym, they're like five more. And then it's another five more. And you're like, what's going on here? But we push ourselves, you know, uh, and, and, competitively that's i feel it's very healthy uh, when it comes to building but at the same time when you when you look at like say identity and um when you look at you know the idea of um you know how we look at ourselves in our sports or whatever we're good at it's not static it keeps changing we get older you know like, it doesn't um uh, i think albert einstein said it this way he said um People always say I'm smart. I'm paraphrasing. I'm smart, but really, I just took. I just. I just stayed longer with the problems. That's it. It's interesting. It's interesting that perseverance is a lot of times coined, but a lot of times we're like, I don't have this right now, and where when I want it, you know, sports. You get this new signed player. Everyone's like, oh, excited for this new player, and then he gets injured. I can't imagine how damaging that must feel trying to prove yourself. And then, then you can't. And then, um, I feel having a good, um, I don't know, team. I can't imagine good, um, um, members of your team kind of encouraging you finding the help. If I need help, if I feel bad, I can go to a therapist. I can go see someone because, this is hard. It's over with like recognizing the issue you're in, but also having the support. I, I guess that's um, the hope. What have you seen? What has your experience? Yeah, I think, I think the best, I think having a team mm -hmm. around you, caring, yeah. loving people mm -hmm. who will stand by you through difficult times. But often we don't have that. No. Often when we have failure, when we, when we stumble, and whether that was through our personal choices or through mm -hmm. life circumstances or a combination of both, mm -hmm. often people don't want to be around someone who's going through a difficult time. Yeah. No one wants to be around the loser. Everybody wants yeah. to be around the winner. And yeah. so we find ourselves alone and we mm -hmm. find ourselves isolated or we self-isolate because we look mm -hmm. around and say, who would want to be with me? And so yeah. I think it is important to find those caring, loving individuals. But if you don't have one mm -hmm. or if you don't have some, mm -hmm. then what do you do? And my recommendation yeah. is this, that you seek out individuals that will tell you the truth. Yeah. That will love you enough to tell you the truth about where you're at, not enable your negative behaviors, not tell you what you want to hear but people that will tell you the truth because the truth can then allow you to create a critical path to your success. People yeah. telling you what you want to hear won't do that. Yeah. So you're right. I think in a, in an athletic setting, we have our teammates to support us. 
in life setting, sometimes we don't have family, we don't have friends. And in some instances, we actually drive them away. So then how do we turn it around? First, we look introspectively within ourselves and ask Mm -hmm. ourselves, why do I keep driving people away? And what are my patterns of thinking and behavior and communication that would make them leave? And then find that one loving, caring individual that will tell me the truth. Yeah. And then from that, we can build a foundation of trust and we can start to turn the thing around. Yeah. I think like um, just thinking about uh, American football, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a time limit of how long you could be in American football as a professional. It's, it's, it's limited, you know, especially depending on the position you play. And I would say, um, knowing that reality and like what you're just what you're you're saying i totally agree is that um i i you know the idea is that uh, this quote kind of says it in a weird way who is happier man who braved through the storm and lived a storm of life and lived or he who stayed securely on shore and merely existed sometimes we try to e-bomb or kind of make whatever wonderful moment in your sport career or whatever and just that's it my happiest day is 10 years ago and that's it and i feel that can be problematic moving forward because life is not static we keep changing and we keep growing and i feel like go ahead no i was just going to say i think we're the only western society is the only society in the history of mankind Mm -hmm. that tried to create this mindset that all of a sudden we made it yeah. I hit the lottery, I made it. <laughs> yeah. I touched the pass, I made it. I had a YouTube video go viral, I made it. Yeah. I made it. And now I don't have to do every, anything ever again. There's yeah. no other, no other society mm-hmm. in the history of mankind that has that mindset. Mm-hmm. Instead, the mindset is that we're constantly growing, we're constantly evolving mm-hmm. until the day that we die. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as you reframe mm-hmm. and say that life is a journey, yeah but there is no point in time where you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be i made it Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the bumps and the ups and the downs and the hills and the valleys become a natural flow of what is expected life to be Mm -hmm. and we stop comparing ourselves to some instagram influencer we stop comparing ourselves to somebody we see on tv we stop comparing ourselves to others and we just start to say to ourselves hey you know what? There's going to be the ups and downs of life. There's going yeah. to be the ins and outs. It's yeah. not going to be a hockey stick when I'm going to make it someday. And it's just going to yeah. shoot. Yeah. And now, oh, this failure is actually a tremendous opportunity for learning. Yeah. Oh, this setback actually teaches me mental strength and mental um, resiliency. Mm. And and this stumble actually taught me for my next success. And then we realize that failure, setbacks, challenges, and difficulties are the natural process of evolution Mm -hmm. of our growth and our maturation, not something to be looked at as a negative, but something to be used as a springboard to our full potential. Yeah, and I'm totally with you when, when we think about the journey, when, when we're allowing ourselves time to reflect it's funny I, I say this a lot I work in the mental health field and one of the things I, I say to my clients is accountability is not a bad word if it's a safe place 
if you, you know what, when you build that kind of foundation around you, and sometimes you're not afforded a safe place, but that's what I talk about resources. There's so many different resources out there, you know, so supporters, social supportive resources that you can build on. What do you like to do? One thing that I really find um, not funny, but it's noticeable, even my own journey. The things we love the most, things that we're more creative in, usually collect dust on the side. <laughs> Our guitars, everything we used to play. Because, you know, creativity kind of looks inward. It looks at yourself. You look at yourself, especially. Um, and I feel uh, that creative element can be uh, cathartic. You know, journaling. Yeah. You know, journaling. People yeah. journal. People sing. People do whatever. Do music. It is all, I feel part of the recovery journey you know whatever that may look like to the individual i i say this value is a lot of times on value we use the word value we're like oh i i value this thing but you, we never we go look outward not inward um the yeah. one thing um that you know how about valuing your time how about saying to yourself i need a little bit space i need to set boundaries well usually the people who have the biggest problem of you setting boundaries on the ones you should set boundaries from because the fact of the matter is you want to surround yourself and it's not always the case but you know you set parameters where the people around you actually want you may not understand they probably will not understand what you're going through but they want the best for you they want they would like to see you succeed at the very least the ones and i feel it's not that they have it all figured out or even know what you're going through. It's just having that support and understand support is different um, with different uh, with different people, friendships, families. It's all kind of different culturally, context-wise. You know, I'm half Asian, half Korean, half Puerto Rican. It's confusing. You know, you, you got to have a lot of cultural influence when it comes to that. Um, I'm going to ask you, throwing it back to you, uh, let me see. Do you feel sports and mental health can work effectively together? And if so, how? I think sports can be a, a vehicle to develop resiliency. It can be a mm -hmm. vehicle to develop mental strength. It can be a vehicle to create the intangible uh, tools that we need to be successful. We also know that physical activity creates the, the release of really really good chemicals in our brain and yeah. we know physiologically that it's a very positive thing but like anything else when used inappropriately it can be challenging difficult and it can be destructive so i think that sport and mental health do go hand in hand i mean as you know and your listeners may not i'm attempting to be the oldest man to play division one ncaa division one college football and i'm doing that to bring light to the alarming suicide rate amongst middle-aged men who are 70% more likely to commit suicide than any other segment of the population. Well, why college football? You know, I'll be 58 years old when I play college football. Mm. You know, why? Because there is a coming together mm. of our mental um, capacity, mm. um, of the development of our resiliency mm. and our mental capabilities and our mental health and sport. Mm. It has it has been such the, since the beginning of time. Since the Greeks, the reason the Greeks didn't invite the in, in you know create the Olympic Games as a part of uh, a, uh, a sport construct, they created it as a part of a social construct. Yeah, it was it was about it was about religious activity as well. 
So you look at cultures throughout history, sport was a lot more than just about a billion dollar contract. It was never yeah. about that, in fact. Yeah. So, so I do think that sport can be a contributor. The reason that I selected this, this world record, which will be my second, was because middle-aged men watch college football. Yeah. And what better way to engage middle-aged men than some crazy old guy trying to be a, you know, a Division One NCAA Division One long snapper? Mm -hmm. And you know, people can go and follow what they want. You know, go to seasontosavealife.org, seasontosavealife.org, and they can follow the journey and they can get tools and resources there as well through our partner uh, organizations and agencies. But we knew that sport would engage people, and we mm -hmm. knew it would create a platform for the dialogue around mental wellness, the dialogue around, and destigmatize the conversation of men's, specifically men's mental health. Yeah. And I feel that um, it's funny because people may be listening to like, well, there is a lot of, you know, some of the training that some of these sports require. It's like a lot of res resilience. And, but the thing is, that's just one avenue when you're physical, but people don't rely on times and that's where the dis destigmatization has that mental health is needs as much as attention or even more sometimes when it comes to um um kind of having that right balance because if i'm good at let's say one like i'm very resilient and one thing doesn't always translate to mental yeah. health you, you know yeah. and a lot of times this is kind of assumed because this person is amazing you know he you know those marathon runners or anything like that's you know they may be like wow he has such she has such determination and in some ways they're very you know strong mentally but at the same time if they if there's there's a disconnect if they don't feel appreciated there's some injury or something some setback and um mental health is not kind of put in the forefront it can be it can be a stumbling block moving forward in their journey. Well, I, I think that the first thing is that we, we've used this big term, this this overarching mm -hmm. term of mental health. Yeah. Are we talking trauma? Are yeah. we talking depression? Are we talking anxiety? Are we mm -hmm. talking other invisible barriers? Are we yeah. talking uh, that they are created through a chemical imbalance in your brain? Or are we mm -hmm. saying that they were created through life circumstances that created certain patterns of behavior, thinking, and communication that no longer serve us well? So I think when we make a blanket statement, mental health, we get ourselves in trouble. Like any other malady in the world, when we say homelessness, well, there's yeah. a whole lot to homelessness. Yeah. There's a whole lot to drug abuse. There's a whole lot mm -hmm. to other challenges. But I think specifically when we're talking about middle-aged men, yeah, and you look at the contributing factors to the declining mental wellness of a middle-aged man. First, mm -hmm. testosterone goes in the tank. Mm -hmm. Secondly, most of them don't eat well, which is a contributing factor to depression. Third, they're probably not in good shape, which is which just takes the testosterone thing and makes it worse, mm -hmm. right? And then finally, they're probably, many, many, I don't want to say probably, many come to a conclusion at middle age of, is this it? Mm -hmm. And then you add to that a little bit of drug, a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of gambling, a little bit of sex, a divorce mm -hmm. here, a failed business there. And then next thing you know, a gentleman's in a rut. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes that rut grows to real depression. Yeah. And unfortunately, because we haven't given space for the conversation, a man mm -hmm. thinks he's got to pull himself out. But yeah. there's nothing to pull on. 
because mm. the testosterone he used to be able to pull on can't pull on that anymore. Mm. The things that he thought he was able to do when he was younger, he can't do those things anymore. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a man starts to question his capacity as a man. Yeah. And so does everybody around them. And you mm -hmm. create this incredible construct that leads to, tragically, men taking their lives every day. Think about this, and I know you know this. Mm. 23 veterans every day taking their lives in the United States of America. Yeah. 132 people taking their lives every day in the United States of America. 3,287 3, people attempting suicide every day in the United States of America. And that's just reported. Yeah. That doesn't include all of the people that don't report or don't end up at the hospital or don't end up here or there or where. Yeah. So at the end of the day, when you when you take a step back at a 500 foot level, it would make sense that people are at the end of themselves. Yeah. And then you add a pandemic to it and it just exasperates. Yeah. So what I say is this, hey, if you're a man right now that's struggling and you're broken, and you're hurting and you've got nowhere to turn to one if you're in crisis do what was said at the beginning that suicide prevention lifeline if you didn't catch that phone number you can go to season to save a life.org it's right in it's literally in the middle of the website big bold mm -hmm. if if you're not in that level of crisis but you're you're struggling and you're trying to just figure it out like i was just trying to figure it out yeah. go to season save a life.org click resources there's surveys you can take there's there's explorations you can go through to kind of start to get a sense of where you're at and then there's a directory literally of doctors and therapists that you could call and they will connect with you it's awesome just click resources and then finally and this was my situation there was just no one i could talk to not yeah. that there weren't people to talk to <laughs> they were just people i didn't think i could talk to yeah because they all had images of who I was and what I was. Mm -hmm. So if you're in that position where you just don't feel comfortable telling anybody what you're going through, call me. Mm -hmm. Literally just call me. 775-298-1014. 775-298-1014. That's my personal cell phone. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want any man to go through what I went through where they don't have anybody to talk to. Now, I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. Just some crazy old man trying to play college football. But I'll listen, and I mm. know a lot of doctors, and I know a lot of professionals, mm. and we'll get you connected to somebody. Yeah. And ultimately, I'm not your best resource. Someone in your community is a better resource to me. But yeah. if I'm the first, if I need to walk with you for the first few steps on your journey, I got you, bro. I got mm. you. I'll work with you for. The, I'll walk with you for a couple steps, and then we'll pass you off to someone who's more appropriately to, equipped and better positioned. To support you but if you need someone for that first two steps i got you that's that is that's wonderful i want to also um segue my wife has this book it's it's untranslatable words in it's in chile it's i can't even, i'm not even gonna attempt it but it's what you're saying a silent acknowledgement or understand between two people or you know amongst middle-aged men who are both wishing or thinking the same thing um, you kind of Ray beat me to the punch. You broke the silence. <laughs> sharing, what would you like to share um, in regards to mental health, and you know, primarily, you know, um, about those who feel unheard. You know, the those who, you know, their body's changing, things are changing. You know, 
things are not static. Um, you may not be able to do the things you used to do back in high school or college, but that's okay. That is totally okay. And the the thing is, when when you when you when you have that moment of clarity and you start piecing, you know, um, this Chinese proverbs like, "How do you move a mountain? One stone at a time. One little stone. <laughs> the proverbs like little, little by little. But um, it, you know, during that journey, it's it's nice to have someone having that connection, having that resource. Um, well, the journey is always easier when we go on it together. Yeah. You know, and if I came to your house and said, "Hey, we're going to go for a hike today," yeah, and yeah. you know, we were going on it together, it would be a lot easier. Um, life is best could, lived shared. Um, life yeah. is, yeah. I I don't. Unfortunately, we've created a construct mm-hmm. of isolation and independence. Yeah, and we so celebrate rugged individualism, and I agree with that. I mean, I live out west, so I'm all for rugged individualism. But I think we were designed to and have, we have, and we were designed to have symbiotic relationship with those around us. We were built for community, and we're built to do things together. Yeah. So, if if you if you need somebody, but you're afraid to tell the people around you, we just gave a number of different ways that you can connect with somebody. To begin that turnaround, and as you just pointed out, that turnaround starts. Well, first, I would say that turnaround starts with removing the shame and the guilt.、Mm. If you're not completely satisfied with your life, then let's do something about changing it.、Mm-hmm. Notice I didn't say it was good or bad, right or wrong. Just if you're not completely satisfied,、mm-hmm. and if your patterns of thinking and your patterns of communication and your patterns of behavior aren't serving you well. Then let's work to change them. That's the beauty of neuroplasticity. We can change these things, and there's hope. And finally, that that's the main reason I'm doing this.、Mm-hmm. When when on July 23rd, I have a tryout at the University of North Alabama,、mm-hmm. Division One school. And July 29th, I have a tryout at the University of Idaho,、mm-hmm. and I'm going to play college football. And when、mm-hmm. I do, people are going to look at it and they're going to say, "Holy crap!" If that crazy old man can do that, I can、mm-hmm. overcome my challenge. Now, that may not resonate with you if you're watching or listening right now, and you have a mountain of debt,、mm-hmm. or your or your kids won't talk to you anymore,、mm-hmm. or the person who said they loved you ran off with somebody else,、mm-hmm. or you lost your business.、Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. It may not resonate with you. All I'm asking you to do is just follow the journey, watch what we do and how we do it. Because it could be a roadmap for you to turn your circumstances and your impossible, turn your impossible. What I'm trying to do is impossible,、mm. but we're going to do it. And when we do, it'll be a roadmap for other people's impossible.、Mm. And, you know,、um, one of the books, one of the authors, Victor Frankl, really one one thing he really kind of. It stuck in my brain when I read it years ago. Was when he, he was observing people were giving half their loaves of bread or in the concentrates and whatever they got, and someone would say, "Well, you're 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 giving away your sustenance." You're you know, but the thing that he noticed, and I mentioned this in various ways, but he said that those individual, I'm paraphrasing, felt there was another day ahead. 
the others didn't and i think as simple as it is um i encourage those you know that you know you know look ahead your your best moments may you could be nostalgic of those good moments you could remember fondly of those moments but i feel the hope i have for those listening and the hope i have whatever you're going through is to look forward look have hope for the next day and some of the some of the little steps may be just getting out of bed some of those little steps may be so small but they all add up at the end of the day i just want to say thank you ian um for joining us today and on the topic of healing our community i think community um if you're introvert extrovert or in between we all need to communicate we all need to connect uh, we're not islands. We just may connect differently, and that's okay. You just have to find ways that are that work for you. Thank you, Ian, so much. Yes, yeah, thank what, you for inviting me. Thank no, you. No problem. I want to remind those who are watching uh, Revive Ministry. You could reach us through the website. You know, there's various other platforms like YouTube, Facebook. This is goodbye from Revive Ministry Podcast. Leaving you with this last quote from Coretta Scott. King, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members.